Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Believe in the Long Run podcast series. I am your host, Dom Santina, and we're going to jump right in here, and we'd like to start off by thanking Kayla Keen for joining the podcast again last week, taking time out of her day to sit down and talk to us about some of the things she's accomplished in her college career, whether that's athletically or academically. And then we'd also like to once again hit our social media. We're on Instagram at Believe in the Long Run, and we are on Twitter at The Long Run 5. Likes and shares are appreciated, and feel free to comment any questions, concerns, or podcast ideas you may have. Those are all welcomed as well. And if you are a new listener or you want to go back and hear any of the previous episodes, you can find all of our podcasts on any of your favorite podcast platforms such as Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Believe.com. We're going to move into our warm-up session of the podcast. Once again, I know it probably sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, but for one last week, we get to promote two different things going on. The Hood to Coast Virtual Race Series, which includes the Movement 5K, 10K, or Half Marathon. It runs from May 1st to June 3rd, so we're moving into the last week of this virtual Hood to Coast race series. Professional long distance runner Jordan Hase is participating in this, so you can find the link on her social media. And I have mentioned that it will be on ours if I remember to. I've missed out for a couple weeks now. Maybe we'll try one last ditch effort to try to get you to register by getting it on our page. One last kind of thing that I'm still seeing that's out there is the Des Linden Step Challenge through Fitness Bank. And she's giving away a chance for you to win a pair of Brooks shoes, free race entries for a year, or signed posters. And that ends in just five days on May 31st. We can calculate over a month back, so try to get in on that. Maybe you can at least win a signed poster. You may be a little late to win the free races for a year or some Brooks shoes, but you could probably at least win a poster. If Another thing I kind of wanted to hit here, if your race has been canceled, the favorite race, or maybe the race you've been looking for all year, Go to their website or contact them. See if they're going to do it virtually because a lot of races are moving virtually this year. I know there's a big race here in the Traverse City area that just got moved to virtual and some people ran it this last weekend. So check in with those associated with your race. See if they're doing it virtually because most races during this time period are moving their races online and letting people do them virtually. If your race is not doing it virtually or you just want to find another race, always visit virtualrunningevents.com. They have tons of virtual races for you to sign up, keep you motivated. couple little news blurbs to hit here real quick. The New York City Marathon set for this fall is still a go. Mayor Bill de Blasio says it's too early to make that determination to cancel a marathon, so... There is some upside and some positivity there in New York City. 
and hopefully Mayor Bill de Blasio and the committee will continue on with that. The IOC, which is the head of the Olympics, or the International Olympic Committee, says that 2021 is the last, basically the last chance for the Tokyo Olympics. They said if they were to have to try to reschedule it after the summer of 2021, it would be nearly impossible for that to happen, and I rightfully understand, because then you're infringing on the 2022 Winter Olympics, and then after that you're looking, you know, you'd either have to move it to the summer of 2022, or summer 2023, and coming up in 2024 is another Summer Olympics. So I say they are right on with that one, that it's going to have to be the summer of 2021, which I have a good feeling that they're going to be able to get the 2021 Olympics in, in Tokyo. And I don't know the future though, and I'm not going to predict the future. I feel confident that they'll be able to, but as with everything right now, it's completely unknown. So we'll just have to wait and see. We have another special guest this week, and he has challenged himself in some pretty crazy ways when it comes to running it. Or just working out really in the last couple years. His name is Andy Bellinger and he has decided to run 116.7 miles which is the entire length of M22, a local highway in northern Michigan and he ended up completing his goal over the weekend and helped raise a bunch of money in the process for a local conservancy. So without wasting any more time, let's welcome Andy to the podcast and he'll tell us all about his journey over Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Did you happen to see the questions I sent you? I did. I glanced over them. I didn't memorize anything. That's fine. And if you feel more comfortable, you can just totally go on your own too like whatever we don't have to stick to the questions you can just talk if you want to don't i'll i'll go with it whatever go for it yeah yeah absolutely so yep make it interesting and have fun with it exactly yep 100 percent so um i listened to zach Zach yesterday did you Is he? Yeah, he's fast. <laughs> For those that don't know, what was the reason behind your run? Uh, the reason behind the run. I like to push myself, see what I, I what my body can do. I want to know where that limit is. I, I like to find. I like to try to find an endurance high. So last year I did two Ironmans in two days. It was all self-made up. This year I kind of went a different direction and decided to go on a run. So I live in Leonard County and I've grown up in the area and I just love it here. And so when you think Leonard County, you think the Traverse area, you you know the M22, you know what it is, you know it's Phoenix Highway, you know what the importance is of the beauty of it and just how awesome every little town is and just how great it is. And so I was really out riding my bike on it, I guess what it was, yeah, last year, and mid-ride, I was like, this would be kind of fun to run. By the time I got back home, I already had, within an hour, an hour and a half, I had already planned out and go, this is how it 
should work. This would be kind of fun. And I told my wife, and she goes, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it kind of, it, it, it was birthed from there. Yeah, it was just, why not? You know, it's a beautiful area. It, it would definitely be a challenge for me. Uh, I've never uh, run that far. It was something to work towards in the goal and something challenging. No, you did some sort of fundraiser with it too, correct? That is correct. So, I did a little research on a couple... I wasn't going to do a fundraiser. I, I would, let's just go out and go run. My wife and a, a couple of friends had suggested that it is an important run and it is something where you could get attention and you could raise the money for a good cause by just going out there and saying you're running and blah, blah, blah. So, I searched around for what really meant what... I wanted something that was local to the county. I, 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 I didn't want to do... I wanted to do something that was majority of the run. So, it was majority of the runs in Leelanau County. So, I went with the Leelanau Conservancy. I talked to them a couple different times. And we, they finally settled on a project, which is the Palmer Woods Project. They're expanding that for, to be a 1,000 acres. And this project will keep it keep the land how it is. Uh, they're going to add extend some trails so for some running and some mountain biking and hiking. And to me, I think that's awesome. It gives, it gives people a safe place off the road to go and do their thing, mountain bike, whatever. Maybe away from the rail trails and you're outside in the woods and that's awesome it was that project in particular close to my house so i thought that was cool and then they had mentioned that they had a two to one matching donation so every ten dollars i get they're gonna get thirty dollars total and i thought that was just incredible so from there i just went with it and started putting it out on social media and this is what i was doing and next thing you know i had tvs radio stations other media outlets contacted me. I had a radio station in Detroit that wanted to interview me. I had M Live that wanted to interview me. I'm like, I'm just a guy with a pair of running shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I'm just an average guy that had a pair of running shoes that wanted to go out and raise a little funds. The next thing you know, it blew up. And then, it, and maybe it's because we're in the COVID times, or we're there wasn't a, there's not sports going on, or people were just looking for a good story. I don't I don't know, but it definitely blew up. I think I talked to every news station here locally, which I think is pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. So. Yeah, and so the goal was to raise five thousand dollars. I never thought I would make over a thousand dollars. I mean, realistically, I, I thought five thousand was going to be a hefty goal, or a thousand or five thousand was going to be a hefty goal. But I realistically thought, well, if I pay a thousand dollars, I'd be happy. You know, that'd be kind of cool. And then. I think yesterday we were at like fifty two to fifty three hundred bucks all mm-hmm. raised. So that's gonna be close to that's that's over fifteen thousand dollars for the, the conservancy, which I'm thrilled about. That's awesome. Yeah. What kind of training did you have to do to prepare you for the run? No, I had a pretty solid I I trained year round. I had a pretty solid base going into it. I am triathlon base. Running is not my favorite thing to do in the entire world. I am, my base, like I said, base is triathlon, so everything I do is swim, bike, and run. We moved about six months ago into strict M22 training with no other races or no other things in between. Uh, so it was a lot of over the winter, which made things difficult. 
is one could think going to run 30 some odd miles in a snowstorm or on the treadmill or whatever it was. So we did a lot of, we took the approach to doing back-to-back training, long training. So it would be, I, I do a 50K on, say, a Saturday, and then I do a 20-miler on Sunday or something similar, to back-to-back marathon, just to build up the maintenance. Uh, I didn't do anything over 50K, and I think the, I maxed out at 60 miles a week. I think it was 61 miles at my peak, and it was it was good. I, I, I think I, I hit what I needed to do. There was I also kind of put it into a, which I don't know if it was necessary or not, but mental training. I did marathon before work on the treadmill. I did a 50K on a treadmill. I did 20 miles in, at the YMCA on their indoor track, which is two basketball, basketball hoops around. So I did, like, I think it was like 15 lapses a mile. And so you <laughs> 360 some odd laps, 20 some odd miles or whatever it was. So I, did, I tried to do a little bit of mental training just to realize because I'm going to be out there for 30 some odd hours. I wanted to get something mentally work. Whether that helped or not, I don't know. Who knows? But I did it anyways. Yeah, that's kind of different, but I think that's a good idea to do. Yeah. But uh, we had one speed training. We still did some speed training. We did we did one week, one day a week. We had some speed training, and then a lot of active active recovery. One full rest day a week. We did still do some swimming and biking. Well, swimming until we couldn't with COVID. Biking still, and obviously the running. So. Besides, like physically training, were there other preparations and stuff that you had to take into account for the run? Oh yeah. So, being, I consider myself the RD, the race director, because basically I was anything and everything from safety to food to where this person was going to be. I had to plan out. So it took. That was probably more than really the more time-consuming, not time-consuming, because running for six hours, training time-consuming, but mentally challenging. I, I ended up having to have my wife pick up a little more slack because work started to pick up and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, food, what, what I was going to have, where I was going to have it, safety precautions, you know, everything. I mean, this is a scenic highway, so it's not like it's just a trail where there's no other car. There's cars on the entire way. Yeah. So at night, I had a, a vehicle behind me the entire way. I had people with me the entire way. Being this was my first longer run like this, I wanted to make sure I had some people with me, the pacers, and I had pacers all but 10 miles, maybe, 15 miles at some point, and that helps out a lot, I mean, I was, it was nice to be able to chit-chat with people and get to know some random people that I'd never really met before I knew, but not really get out there, so you have that, and then you had to plan out where we are going to have those these stations, yeah, I mean, it was lots of planning. How did it all end up going? Did it go well? Did it go bad? I started off after work at 2.30 on Friday. I was doing really good. Middle of the night, I lost everything in the stomach, just straight liquids. So I knew I was getting the calories in and something about the liquids was not being absorbed. So that had a little concern, but I felt really good after that first one. By morning time, a little bit into before lunch, I lost it again, and that was 
stop at mile 75. Which, so yes, that was the downside. Um, but there was, at some point, you had to pull the plug. I didn't get to make the decision. It just, it means when you're burning 12,000 calories in a day and you can't keep things down and you still have another 41 miles to go, the body's just not going to let it happen. So we tried to get some more food back down. We tried to we tried everything we could. It just wasn't wasn't working. I went home thinking I stopped. I, I thought I was done, and got home, had a couple beers, had some pizza, thinking that it was great. I'm done. I didn't finish. I woke up. I guess this would be Sunday morning, and about six thirty-seven, and I felt really good. My not I mean, well. Good enough to the point where I just run 75 miles. And the day before, my legs felt good, but not great. And I walked a little bit around the house. I got on the treadmill, walked a little bit. I ran a little bit, and I walked up to my wife. She was still in bed, and I said, I think I'm going to go finish. And she goes, what? <laughs> and then within half an hour, we had the, the kids picked up. My parents had picked them up. We had all the we, we had luckily not unpacked any of the bins. Uh, all my aid bins and clothing bins and whatnot. So we just we put those back into the truck and went out right, right to the same spot where I stopped. And the goal was to go a few miles and see how it works. And if legs are feeling fine, and then we'll just continue. And then shoot, and eleven hours later, ten hours later, I was done, and it was awesome. So yeah, I, I completed it. I'm happy. I'm super stoked about it. Was it the way I wired to finish it? No, but I still finished it, and that's what counts. I, I went 116 points a mile with a little bit, break, a, little, a little break in between, in a sense. Hey, but I mean, I'd say the same thing. As long as you know, the point of actually completing it is something to be proud of. So yeah, and, and whether it's tougher to go back out the next day after you sat for five, ten hours. I, I don't know. It wasn't easy getting going, but you know, I, I felt a, I felt guilty not finishing it, and I felt not. I didn't feel like I was doing everything I, I could do to, with all the support I received, with all the donations I received. You know, I got young kids. I, I couldn't see them. I, I sucked to have them there. You they're too young to understand that I quit. But if they were. I couldn't have him see that, you know. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted him to go, you know. He went back out and finished. My middle one eight, and we have we have seventeen eight two. Seventeen year old understood completely. Josiah did, but Bentley was kind of getting. He's like, "You're gonna run again?" I'm like, "Yeah, we gotta go finish what we started." Mm-hmm. Um, there's no quitting. He goes, "Yeah, let's go do it. Let's go." And so he was he was excited about it. He didn't quite get it, but you know, hopefully it's a life lesson down the road, and hopefully other people can hear this and read some other articles and see what I did and maybe take some from it and, you know, you got to finish what you start and there is no quitting. Absolutely. So you've mentioned that you last year you did like a back-to-back Ironman and stuff. Have you, what else have you done? Has there been anything else kind of that crazy or just you know, these I, two things? Iron, you know, I, I did, I've done some Ironman half Ironman, a lot of triathlons, so a good amount of uh, marathons, but nothing, no official ultra where I signed up for an ultra marathon. It's 
and I found a love for just going out and doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of paying for a race and making it up myself, that's part of the adventure, it seems like, for me lately. Just kind of making things up and doing it. Part of the planning is kind of fun. You get to do it when you want to, how you want to. And, you know, when I did the, the double Ironman last year, that was all 100% made up here in Leelanau County again. And I followed the more strict rules compared to where it says the M22 run. I wanted to make sure on the double iron that I followed the rules of Ironman and to the T. I, I didn't want anything except for, you know, where the location was to be any, anything different. We, where bag drops were, where I could eat and blah, blah, blah. And the M22, I kind of just, I'm going to out there and finish it. I don't have a goal of time. I mean, I have a rough idea where I thought I'd finish. But I didn't have a goal time. I didn't have any. Just get out there and do it. So, yeah, not a lot of. I mean, signed up, signed up for races, paid for races. Not a lot besides the Ironmans, the halves, and marathons. So then, I'm sure it's tough to kind of think about now, since you're kind of like processing everything that happened again, but. <laughs> Would you consider doing that again, or do you think about you'll do something different? Do you have an idea, or? No, yes and no. It would be nice to go out and and really fully complete it all in one shot. Whether I want to have that drive again for that particular thing, I don't know if I will. I think I, I'm taking it as I finish it. Whether I go through that again, I don't know. I know there's going to be some, uh, there's a few people that already talked to me about going out and run it, and I'll be out there to support them. I don't know if I'll go run it again. We'll see what that. I mean, I hope they do, and I hope they go knock my time way out of the mark because it was a slow, especially when you added my sleep time. There's a there's a benchmark now, relatively slow. So there's some opportunity out there to grab that SKT and go at it. Future, I don't know. I think more triathlon based. Well, probably lean towards running wise. Probably something long and stupid again, but I don't know yet. I'll probably sign up. I've always kind of looked at uh, Tahoe, the 200. That would be kind of fun, but that might be a dream. Five Ironmans in five days, and Ironmans in ten days. That's always been on the agenda. Yeah, there's lots of ideas. I think I think processing all this first, and then kind of going from there. It's probably going to be my best bet. You know, ideas just come to me. It's, it's just, like I said, I was on my bike last year, and it just came to me, and I was like, oh, this would be fun. So it's realistically, if I'm not, if I'm going to make up an event, that's realistically how it's going to happen, but I don't know. If, if anybody has suggestions, if something fun and stupid, sign me up. Get <laughs> in my way. Let's see what happens. What do you enjoy about running? Uh, or what do you like about running? I like I I like running alone. I, I think it's fun. Not that running with people is awful. Um, I like some alone time. I like processing time. I like the ability to all I have to have is a pair of shoes and go. Yes, everything else is comfort, but the more gear you have, it's more comfort than this. But realistically, you need a pair of shoes and you go. It's not. It, it doesn't matter how fast you're going. That's, I think that's another thing runners. Yes, you like to brag about your times, and you know anybody can go out and run, whether it's what distance it is, and that's like what distance, what time. I think that's cool. I'm not a fast runner. I'm not a super skinny guy. I I, I love that I can go out and compete with 
whoever and even if I'm slower, there's usually still people at the finish line waiting for me, you know, that's, that's fun to me. Absolutely. We'll finish up with this last question. You've already kind of mentioned that you like biking and swimming and triathlons and stuff, but other than that, what do you enjoy doing? Oh, I, you know, spending time with the family, you know, it's, that's the key. Obviously, I like working and doing things, and we do a lot of boating, and you getting out in, the, in our county and visiting the parks and whatnot, that's always fun, but family time is key to me. I work full-time, obviously, and, and I do some training, and I try to do what I can inside, but being around the kids and watching them grow up is always fun. So that, you know, boating, we love, we love, love doing that. We love having campfires and being outdoors. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Andy, for joining, taking the time to sit down and talk a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate it. Pretty cool story there by Andy, and I applaud him for his efforts. It's something that I probably would not have the heart to do. But that brings me to a point in our podcast as we head into our cool-down session. If you know of anyone that is doing a run for charity or something crazy like Andy that involves running, send us a message on our social media accounts. We'd love to promote them or maybe even have them guests appear here on our podcast. And to add on to that, if you know anyone with a story or anything we're celebrating when it comes to running, let us know as well. Feel free to reach out to us, whether direct messaging us or just leaving a comment on our social media. We'll get in touch with them and try to either feature their story on our podcast or have them join the podcast if they'd be willing as well. Cool little story here, and this kind of has a connection back to last week's guest, Kayla Keene. One of her former teammates at the University of Michigan, Aaron Finn, has helped set up a COVID-19 class for fellow med students at the University of Michigan. This article was posted on Running World, and I'm going to read you just a bit of the article. Aaron Finn is currently training for the 2021 Olympic Trials, but she's also helping her classmates. In addition to training for the U.S. Olympic Track and Field Trials in 2021, Erin Finn is helping her fellow students in the medical school learn critical information about the global, about the global pandemic, COVID-19. Finn, 25, was one of 10 med students who spent about two weeks in March designing a course called COVID-19 Pandemic Elective, which second- and third-year medical students are now taking virtually at the University of Michigan. The Ann Arbor-based runner, who is finishing her first year at the University of Michigan Medical School, put her master's degree in epidemiology, or the study of diseases, and public health to immediate use when the coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. With schoolwork moved online in response to the outbreak, Flynn was able to dedicate more hours to research and create the framework for the class. Originally reported by Michigan Athletics, the course discusses the importance of public health and epidemiology in the practice of medicine. The virtual lectures covers five topics, pandemics in the world, physician response, communication and mental health in a pandemic, epidemiology, and and evidence-based medicine. So a very cool thing there for Erin Finn, helping out her classmates and helping to bring some knowledge 
in on the world of this virus. So props to her using her degree already, even while she continues to train running-wise. It's going to bring us to our 25 golden rules, and we're on rule number 9, the conversation rule. This rule states that you should be able to talk in complete sentences while running. One study found that runners who, whose heart and breathing rates were within their target aerobic zones could comfortably recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Those who could not were running faster than optimal, and I definitely believe that this one is true. I remember in my college days, my first coach in college that I had, she told us that your easy runs or normal runs should be conversation pace. So you should be able to hold a conversation with the person you're running with. And that's basically how we judged our runs. Like if we could talk to each other on a run, then we knew we were at the right pace. The exception, and I 100% agree with this, well, during a race or workouts or hard run or whatever, you should not be able to hold a conversation. And that's obviously the case because if you're doing a workout or a race, you want to be running hard and fast. And by talking to your partner or your running buddy, that's you're not going to be giving it your all. So for one more time this week, this month, I should say, we're going to give you some two-mile training tips to help you improve your two-mile time. The number one is do speed work. And it's kind of talks about, you know, make sure you always warm up before you do your speed work. It talks about doing 100-meter sprints. But I wouldn't, I'm not a big, I think for a two-mile, you should do a little bit more. I think you should do 400s are probably good. 200s and 400s for a 2-mile would be pretty good. Um, something a little bit longer that gets your heart rate up, but you got to work a little distance. If you're going to do 400s, do, you know, at least 5. 4 to 5, probably, I should say. Just getting some work in. 200s, do quite a few of them. 8 or 9, maybe. Get some work and get some distance in because you want more than a half mile. You want to get some actual work in. They also talk about doing some tempo runs. This is just kind of basing where I want to go with it. And I agree, tempo runs are always good as well. I like doing tempo runs. It kind of changes pace. I usually do a tempo run in the beginning of the week, sprint work at the end of the week, or sprint week at the, sprint work at the beginning of the week, tempo runs at the end of the week. And kind of rotate between that sometimes I'll throw in a hill workout as well and those three things kind of that's the basis for my training of everything really I'm training for a 10k right now and I still do all those things so sprint work tempo work and hill work all good ideas to get some workout make sure you do some workouts if you're going to run that or you want to run your fastest two mile you're not just going to improve your time by running just distance you got to get some speed work in there as well I know it may sound repetitive from the one mile, but one mile and two mile are known as kind of longer sprints, so or longer, faster pace races. So you got to get some speed work in to get your legs moving to push you through. All right, one more thing we're gonna hit this week before we sign off is our social media. Once again, Instagram, believe in the long run. Twitter, long run five. Be sure to like, share our Instagram and our posts. And on Twitter as well. Like we said, if you have any comments or questions about the podcast or any suggestions, maybe who would be a good guest on the podcast, some news going around, 
like I mentioned, some stories that you know or maybe some fundraiser that somebody's doing involving running. Share all that with us. And then, of course, you can find every one of our podcast episodes on your favorite podcast platforms, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and, of course, Believe.com. That's going to wrap it up for us here on May 26th. We're already at the month end of the month of May. It's warm out there, but I'm going to try to get out and get some mileage in today. So I will talk to you guys next week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.